Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. What's going on, everyone? This is the Go Long Podcast. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode. I, I think this might be one of the best ones yet we've had since launching this close to a year ago, I guess. Um, EJ Manuel, former Buffalo Bills starting quarterback, he comes on to really relive the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows. Really revealed a lot that I've never heard before. I don't know if anybody's heard before about how things went down in Buffalo as a lot of our listeners know Jim Monis, my podcast co-host. He's been so open about the whole situation and believes that the Buffalo Bills mishandled EJ Manuel terribly um, in year number two when they benched him for Kyle Orton and the way that kind of went down definitely relates to a lot of what we see today. Obviously, a lot of rookie quarterbacks going through some pretty hard times in the NFL. Well, I think EJ Manuel has a lot of lessons that those quarterbacks could take and those teams could take. Um to, to 2021. Um, and also when that happened, uh, EJ Manuel kind of entered a, a dark place that I don't think anybody really knows about. And he was so unbelievably honest with us in this conversation. Cannot thank everybody enough for listening. Um, be sure to rate review, share the podcast. Uh, it's you guys who really make this thing go, who make all of go long, go go long We'd love it. If you subscribe today to the newsletter to get every story, every column, Every show uh, delivered directly to your email inbox. Cannot thank you enough for the support. Um, So, yeah, we'll get right to it here. Here's EJ Manuel joining us for close to an hour. All right, ladies and gents, without further ado, it is the man himself, EJ Manuel, joining the Go Long podcast. Um, You can catch him at the ACC Network, ESPN, on Twitter, at EJ Manuel 3 a lot of our listeners, Jim, obviously, they, re- they remember you as the Buffalo Bills starting quarterback. So, EJ, it's great to have you on. Thanks for making time. Yeah, absolutely, Tyler. And, uh, Jim, when I heard from you the other day, I don't <laughs> think we've talked in, what, a year, maybe over a year. It's been a little bit. Yeah, man. So, to get a text from you was exciting. And then to hear that you guys are doing the Go Long podcast, obviously, I'm you know happy to be on. And thank you all for having me. EJ, it's crazy. You know, people don't realize, I mean, we spent, you know, it's a good, what, four years seeing each yep. other every day. Every we lived day. in the same building. Yep. See um, you, uh, I'd be going to work, you'd be coming back in the evening sometime. Like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was we, funny, man. Yep. Yeah, different, yeah, our schedules were, it was crazy schedules, yeah. but um, it, people will never understand, you know, really what it's like for you guys. Even coming in as a rookie, you know, they don't understand that you're still living in an apartment you know, just like, you know, they, they always think of the glitz and glamour of it being yeah, a quarterback yeah. in the NFL. They don't realize it. 
hey, we're starting out just like everybody else. Or you're yeah. living in an apartment and yeah, well, it was cool because you know, now that I actually had some cash, I could get a nicer <laughs> apartment. You know what I mean? If you saw my place in college, it was okay. But um, it's funny, I went back to FSU for some work with ACC Network and I went by there. It's probably like a 400 square foot spot, you know, one bedroom, one bath. But nonetheless, man, you know, I was very uh, excited to, to get to Buffalo. And uh, yeah, we can get into it as we, as we go forward. Well, you know, you're kind of leading into really what we want to talk about. And we've done a lot this year, especially talking about this rookie draft class with five quarterbacks. And I've been, you know, I did a big thing on culture matters, like how these guys are being brought along. What's the plan for a rookie quarterback? If the organization doesn't have a plan, these guys are going to fall into almost a feeling of homelessness. Like, Am I wanted? Do you guys have a plan for me? And I actually brought your name up. And I talked about EJ. I felt like in Buffalo, Doug Marone, Doug Whaley was a first-time GM. Doug Marone was a first-time head coach. I was a first-time director of player personnel. Russ Brandon was kind of the acting, you know, I want to say he was president, but we didn't have, you know, Ralph Wilson was kind of, that was when he was sick and going through his um, health, where I always said, I don't think we handled you correctly. And the, the part that I always talked about, EJ, was that meeting we had in Marone's office when your dad, we had your dad come in. We were two and two. Everything was okay. And you're getting told, I know, here we go. I know, I hate to bring it up, but you're getting told, you're getting told that we're going to go with Kyle Orton. Second season, EJ. This is second, second season. season. After, after a rookie season that people forget, there was a lot of highlight. We're going to talk about this. Yeah, Carolina. There was a lot of highlights in that rookie year that, once again, the rookie year wasn't handled correctly either. There was still some, you know, you had some injury stuff, and there was still some back and forth going on. But that meeting that day, I can remember I told Tyler this, and I told him on the podcast, I was sitting there, and I remember thinking, I was looking at you and your dad, and I was thinking, I wonder if they think, do we know what we're doing? Mm. And I remember thinking, I'm not sure we know what we're doing. I, I really didn't feel like we had a great plan for you. And I didn't understand why things were being kind of yanked around and what are we doing with Kyle Orton? And all right, now you can go. How did you yeah. feel on that day? And did you feel like there was a plan for you? Yeah, Jim, first off, this is, uh, I always <laughs> kind of dreamed of a moment to talk about this. You know what I mean? Because a lot of it was, you know, me getting benched because I wasn't playing good or whatever. But really, as you said, Coach Marone, told me that he wanted me to take a step back to learn from a veteran. So in my mind, I'm like, all right, that makes sense. I didn't like it, but I thought maybe that's the you know best thing for me in my future. So I trusted in his decision. I trusted in the decision that Doug and yourself was making, or you know, people that were higher up than I was as a player. Um, and not to mention Nathaniel Hackett was a first year offensive coordinator as well. And so just in combination of all of that, I think none of us really knew what we were doing. <laughs> I certainly was kind of figuring it out week by week. Honestly, I didn't have a veteran <clears throat> no. that was really supporting me in the way that I needed it. Um, you know, uh, I, I didn't have that guy. And so it was Jeff Tool as a backup who wanted to play. And then Thad Lewis at some point, and then Kyle ended up coming over right. out of retirement, I think. And Kyle <laughs> was kind of hanging out too um, until he had the chance to play. So yeah, man, I, redu I do remember that day. Um, and uh, it was a rough day because I left there and I think I, I don't know if my dad was actually in the room that day, Jim. Um, he was, I think he was EJ. I don't think he was. So my okay. dad was in the room 
room when I first tore my meniscus after that, that rookie preseason. Okay, so I had that wrong then. Yeah, yeah, my dad was in I'm the sorry. Room. Uh, it's all good, it's all good. So I just remember um, after that Houston game, one, going back to the game, we had it in the bag. I think that pick six to J.J. Watt, which yes. still gets run on the NFL and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. And it was an amazing play. But nonetheless, um, the right tackle, Sean Trail, should have cut him down. I would have had Fred in the flat, probably would have scored a touchdown. So I just say that to, I learned that, you know, football is a game of inches. And so that one play really changed a lot of perspective for me because my confidence got, you know, hit right there. And I remember going to the locker room after that game, like, dang, man, I can't, can't do this. I can't do that. And so I thought that's what led to that next meeting that Monday when my told me to take You're a You're right. Step back. You're right. I did so forget that. I, I left the meeting and I went to the, the quarterback room, talked to, to Nate and Nate was like, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, whatever, whatever, keep grinding. You're going to be fine. I was like, all right, cool. And I just trusted all y'all. You know, honestly, man, I, I was a green, green kid in the sense of I never, none of my family beside Bruce Smith played in the NFL. And even then, I don't think I knew what the business of the NFL really was. And so I wish I had an agent that would have stepped in and said, hey, like you said, what's the five-year plan for EJ? You know, if you are making this decision, well, what's the plan? What are the next steps? So he does get back to that opportunity to play again. Um, and so I just remember going in the car after that meeting and uh, I, I cried. I cried in my car and uh, I called my dad and cried on the phone with him. And of course he was there to support me. And then of course it runs on SportsCenter, it runs on all these media outlets. The EJ Manuel get ben gets benched. And I was embarrassed, honestly, man. I was a first round pick and I was like, well, dang, like, you know, did I, do I belong here? And was this the right move by them and for me and all this kind of stuff. So it was honestly a whirlwind. And to go even deeper, man, I kind of went into a, a trail of depression off of it. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't a good, I wasn't in a good place at all mentally. What goes into that depression, EJ? What did people not really see that that season, you know, behind the scenes in your life? Yeah, well, one, I was living by myself in that apartment, like Jim was talking about. Oh, yeah. And I think that was probably the worst thing for me because I would go home after watching tape and I would just sit there and kind of <laughs> like, dwell in this frustration of not being able to play not feeling good enough then going on instagram reading nasty comments from fans who were you know disgruntled or you know getting weird looks from people walking to the mall i'll never forget that uh, it was a group of like young dudes looking at me just shook their head at me i'm like dang bro it's that bad you know and uh yeah man that's why i think i went down this really dark path of not believing in myself anymore and i never ever had that problem in my life you know not even on a football level just my parents raised me, my family raised me to always believe in my abilities. And so this was like the first real adversity I had in my life, to be honest. And it came in sport and it came in a very public way because I was an NFL quarterback. You know what I mean? And I was a first round pick, the only one taken in the first round that year. And, you know, everybody has their comments about what that class was and this and that. And so a lot of that weight was on me, man. And uh, I honestly wasn't mentally <clears throat> sure enough to handle it. Um, I kind of went down the negative cycle versus thinking of it in a positive, like, okay, I can just keep grinding and I'll be fine. And I just went down that tunnel of like, I'm not good enough. And so I felt like that obviously made my play when I did get a chance to play in the future, not what I knew I could have been. Man, we, I mean, we talked about Sammy Watkins. Well, that's what I've been the year I, mean, I met up with Sammy. He Tyler went did the story depression. on Sammy Watkins and EJ, we didn't know we didn't know how disturbed Sammy was in Buffalo. Yeah. And he told Tyler the whole story and Tyler wrote about it, but people don't understand yeah. the mental stress and, and the things that you guys go through is real. Yeah. You know, and, and to hear you talk about it is actually refreshing too, because 
that wasn't the only thing that was crazy that you had to deal with. The other thing I wanted to talk about while we have you too is, is the whole, when we ended up sitting Tyrod down at the end of that season and kind of just throwing you in there. Yeah. And it was for all the wrong re- Everything was, EJ, I'm just, I mean, I told you, I'm being yeah, up no. front with everything. And you Jim, already, it's good. So this to, is the yeah. next year, Rex Ryan. This is the next nah, year. That's two years. Two that's more two years. years later. Two years. I'll kind of, and Go we, we're good on, we're good yeah, on time because yeah. I'm glad we're talking about this. So don't want to <laughs> Cut off, like I said, I um, want to make sure you get a chance to talk about yeah, this. Nah, this I wanted good, people man. to hear from you because I've talked yep. about it. Yep. Yeah. So first off, the the rookie year was good. Like I look back at numbers of guys that are playing right now. Like my numbers were just as good, if not better. You know what I mean? Did, so I yeah. talked about that in that article I wrote. I said he was playing well. I was playing well. Yeah. I, I got rookie of the week twice. Yeah. I think. Um, yes. With a torn meniscus. Yes. With coming back from yes. In two and a half weeks, Jim. Like we I, like most. Um, or meniscus, you're out for a month at the- And you're right back in. I was right back in, played I against Tom Brady. I remember, I remember it all. Fast forward, um, going to, t- to the third year, you know, new coaching overhaul, Rex comes in, brings in Greg Roman. They bring in Tyrod, they bring <laughs> right. in- Matt <laughs> And to be honest, looking back on it, I had no shot. Like if, in fact, I, I don't even want to be on the team, to be honest. Uh, I, EJ, yeah. you, you are correct. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> well, real, real quick, EJ though, cause so, my memory of you covering you that year at the Buffalo News, Cleveland, game-winning drive. Yep. You lead, it, you lead the team down. And then scored a two-point play to, to scored win Scored a two-point play to yeah. win it. Yep. And I just remember this with a yeah, shut yeah, your yeah, ass yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, Monday night. Right? It was a Monday night game. Mike are we, are we correct time. to read the lips, shut your ass up? So. Yeah, basically, that's exactly <laughs> what I said. Yeah, because, I mean, I had a chip on my shoulder. And, you know, I, I just, again, kept thinking that things were going to work out and they just didn't. And so a quick, funny story. Um, this is when I kind of really started noticing like the business of football. And if guys want you on a team, they do. And if they don't want you on a the team, they'll try to make things happen. So you're not. <sighs> so maybe a day before we played our third preseason game, which we all know is the most important one. We played the Pittsburgh Steelers. I hadn't gone with the ones all preseason all right it was matt and it was tyra yep you didn't have it you didn't even get a snap here though i get a snap with the ones all right (laughs) this is why i think it's funny so uh giro greg roman comes to me i think maybe two days or a day before he said hey you're gonna start the third preseason game i'm like oh all right like i haven't taken any reps with the ones you'll be fine you know what i mean like all right cool so uh, I get out there, first two series, and then he told me I'm going to play the first two series and then come out and then go back in the game. And I'm like, well, Ty mm-hmm. and Matt got a, a full half or at least the first two, you know, first quarter, you know what I'm saying? So crazy enough, man, I just kind of looked at that. I was like, did, he, did they try to set me up so I didn't play good type deal? And what's crazy, and this is why I believe in God as well, the first two series we score. Fred runs the big touchdown. I'm like, I go like eight for eight in my first two drives. They pull me out. Ty comes in, I go back in. I basically had the best, probably best statistical preseason of my career that third year and still ended up being inactive, like the third string quarterback the first week of the season. Mm -hmm. So then I'm like, okay, no matter how well I played, it really didn't matter. I wasn't in the plans for this new regime. And so, um, and this happened again in my sixth season with the Raiders. You know, I, I had, I thought the best preseason game of my career uh, went 18 to 22, 255 yards, three touchdown passes versus Seattle. This is when I was with Oakland. Yeah. Uh, and Gruden cut me two days after that. And so I was just like, <laughs> man, like, what am I not doing to give myself an opportunity to at least be a backup somewhere? So this is why I say that area of 
you know, anxiety and depression and all these negative thoughts kind of came from. Cause like you said, Jim, I felt a little homeless as far as my football world. Like I didn't know where I fit in. I thought I was good enough, but for whatever reason, even if I played close to perfect, it wasn't good enough for some of these coaches. So, yeah. You would have been correct on the fact, EJ, and this is, this is the hard part when you're in a front office and have relationships with players as well. And I always enjoyed talking to you and always being up front with guys because that's to me is you guys aren't talking to people. If they're, you could tell people that are BSing you or not. Right. And I can remember thinking Giro wanted Castle. That was his guy, right? Yeah. Rex, front office, we went out and got Tyrod thinking, let's get Tyrod to compete with Castle. Right. You, weren't, you didn't have a shot. Right. I wasn't in the plans. You weren't in the plans. Contract. Yeah. Under contract. Mm-hmm. We still – we still felt like no matter what, EJ Manuel should be the top backup in the NFL. If somebody doesn't want him as a starter, how would you not be the top backup? Right. I think I remember you talking a little bit about that year. I think Nathan Peterman was starting for the Bills. Yeah. You know, and just, and you're like, I can't even. Yeah, yeah I, I sent something on Instagram that I had deleted soon after. That's right. I remember this. I think he threw a bunch of picks in a game. and threw like five his first yeah. start, I yeah, think. Yeah. And I said something like, and, you know, I've never met Nate. I got a – No, it had nothing to do against Peter. It, right? it was not against Peter. Right. At all to him, but it was more just the situation. I was like, man, if I did that in a game, you know, I don't think yeah. I would survive the season mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, so um, I, I, I deleted it because I think I was watching the game in the airport. I was traveling somewhere and – yeah, man, it's it's crazy, Jim. And yeah, go ahead. Don't get don't get canceled, DJ. Stand by it. Stand by it. Nah, it's all good. Leave man. the comment up there. Because <laughs> <laughs> nah. you, know you know what? I just always wanted to take the high road, though, Tyler. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, even though yeah. I knew, I got to a point where I started realizing, okay, like things like the cards are literally stacked against me now. Like, and then Jim, another thing that third preseason, I was expecting <laughs> to maybe get traded. Right. Right. So, right. Remember, we thought maybe you were going to be very marketable. We did yeah, feel that way too. Right. Yes. And, you know, I don't know how that works as far as, you know, you guys trading me or whatever, but I just thought, okay, maybe there'll be an opening somewhere else. I just had a great preseason. I'm hot right now. And yeah. people can go back and look it up. I mean, did you look I, around Jim? Like, do you try to trade yeah. me, Jim? No, it was, it was a strange, it was a strange thing because to be honest with you, we knew Matt Castle had a foot injury mm-hmm. that was shaky. Okay. Right. We weren't, the front office, we weren't Matt, we weren't in favor. Right. We really wanted you and Tyrod to, to, to compete, figure right. that out. That's how we saw it. Uh, Giro was, we talked about that. But right. the castle injury was preventing us from really shopping you too hard, thinking what other teams knew about his. He had a foot injury that we took a risk on to sign. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Other teams, that's one of those medical things that other teams sure. would know about. And so we didn't really want to lose you because we really felt like, okay, if, if Tyrod's a guy, Castle's might not even be, you know. Right. And we knew Castle didn't want to be around anyway if he wasn't yeah. starting. So yeah. that's probably why you didn't, well, that's why we didn't shop him. Yeah, and here's another thing I just want to chime in. <laughs> We're getting it all out there right yeah, now. Yeah, no, this is great, man. This is like therapy for me, bro. I love oh, it. This is awesome. Because now good. I have no bad blood toward anybody. I'm happy. No, doing no, it's it, the business. It's it is the, it, the dirty side of the business. Right. Absolutely. And so, Going back on it, I, again, I still wish I had my agent at the time step in and at least get a picture of what the heck was going on. Right. So then I knew, right? I could prepare myself. 
Um, because like I said, that third preseason, I thought I was going to get traded to, to Dallas because somebody got hurt. It was either Tony Romo. I think Tony, Tony might've broke his ankle that year. I think you're right. And Matt ended up getting traded to you're Dallas. Exactly right. Play like 16. Yep. Backing up Tyrod. And so again, it wasn't nothing about me not wanting to be a bill. I did. No. I just wanted to play. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. Right. I feel like I could be a starter. Like, I just felt like I could still be a starter at that, at that point in my career. And that, uh, yeah, even now, man, I know I could be a backup somewhere. I just, I'm oh. tired of, I got tired of dealing with it, to be honest with you. Like yeah. once that happened to me three times, I was like, you know mm -hmm. what? I'm gonna go do something else, man. And enjoy my life. Cause this was not making me happy anymore. You know what I mean? Like I was making you know money and all this kind of stuff as an NFL quarterback, but that's wasn't important <clears throat> to me anymore. I wanted to wake up yeah. and smile and be happy and feel wanted, you know what I'm saying? Like feel like my work mattered. Um, and that's how I feel now with ESPN and ACC now. You know, EJ, we went through that in 17 where Willie and I, you know, we hired McDermott. We got him the interview and with the, right we hired him, right? Now you're we sitting had, here with me. We had our best, we had, <laughs> we had our best off season. We had a killer free agency class, a killer draft. And we got fired the day after the draft. Wow. So to your, uh, to, I, I get, I have zero desire to yeah. go back to the, I, I'm with you. It was like, I was like, you know what? Uh, it's time. It's time to find something else that I want. And, and you're doing it. And I get that. And that's why I was excited to catch up with you today. Yeah, absolutely. And now, um, you got to think back EJ though. I mean, like, so I mean, like that Texans game, Oh, say Chantrell cuts that guy we down. You about, win the game. It was like, a, what if, like, where does you win your, the game? We win the game, possibly. Win the game. You don't have that meeting, right? No, we're three. If we win that game, I think we're three and one. We're three yeah. and one. Three yeah. and one. We won. We were two and oh. We beat the Dolphins. We beat, yeah. I think, Baltimore. Yeah, everything was everything was on track. Yeah, everything was on track. And then we lost on the road to Houston. I think at that point when that interception happened, and that wasn't the reason why we lost the game. No, I mean, I'm but, sure there's other things that caused it. But um, I just remember for me personally, that was like a big hit to my confidence for whatever reason. Right. I just was like, dang, man, I can't believe that happened. And now, and, and again, looking back on it, I should have been like, yo, wipe it off. I mean, everybody throws picks, pick six happens all, right. to Tom Brady. He's the best of all time and he still throws them. So, you know, kind of wipe yourself off. And I just didn't have, I don't know, man. I just didn't, when I went to the sideline, nobody said anything to me. So I just was like, dang, like where, where's the love here? You know what I mean? Like where, you know, where's all the, the coach or whoever and nobody, literally nobody said anything to me. And so I just remember that point where I was just like, man, felt alone a little bit, but you know, it's part of the game. So it is what it is. But you, you really were open on that depression and, and mentally the, the dark place that you went out of that meeting, out of getting benched. Yeah. Did that basically ruin your career? You think like where, where, I mean, you know, uh, you know yourself as a quarterback, like yeah. where could you have gone? You think if, if this was handled right? I don't, I don't think it ruined anything. Um, I think it, changed a lot, not just my career, but also for my life. Cause it kind of permeated into some of my personal life as well. You know what I mean? Like, as far as just dealing with insecurities that we all have, right? We, everybody, everybody has them, everybody, everybody. has anxiety, but I felt like <laughs> mine got a little bit more heightened. And uh, I guess my sense of, you know, self and personality and self value a little bit kind of got hit. So I wouldn't say it ruined my career. I don't think my career was ruined. Um, Cause to be honest, I could still be playing and I know that. But for me, it was, I started kind of realizing, okay, this isn't bringing me happiness anymore. Yeah. So to lose now, that joy has got to be brutal. Yeah, I was like, man, I'm, I'm not a, 
an angry dude or an irritable guy. That's not me. I'm a smiling dude. Hey, Jim, what's up, bro? How you doing? Good to see every you. Day. Like, you were every I show day. love. And that wasn't me when I was there in that moment. So um, again, I think it was a, a perfect bad storm. Uh, I was living in Buffalo by myself. Um, not the most <clears throat> fun place in the sense of when you're 22, 23 years old, it's a great city because the fans love the team and mm-hmm. it's great to play football. But when you have a lot of free time, there wasn't anything for me to do. And so I really didn't have an outlet uh, to kind of just feel away from football for a little bit. Yeah. And I think we all kind of went through that. Um, you know, a lot of us young guys, you know, and Sammy probably talked about it as well. Um, it's just, I, I look at it like this. If I went to Buffalo in 2017, when you guys hired Coach McDermott and I was in my fifth year or sixth year in my career as a man, I'd have been better about it because I'm like, all right, cool. Now I'm, I'm looking at the league as like, now I'm just, this is my job. I'm not really living here because I'm trying to have fun and stuff. I was still young. I was still 22 at the time. So, um, I think my thought process was just a little different. If that makes sense. I don't know. But, oh, it yeah. does make sense. And I totally. think it's well said. Yeah. You know, speaking of another guy that was young, that was you were around a lot was was Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, Nate. Yep. And Nate, we we're talking about him. You know, Nate's going to get some. He's going to he had some head coaching interviews, and he's going to be on the circuit, and probably will get hired this year as a head coach. I was telling Tyler, you don't you don't have to say anything that yep. you don't want to say, but I said I thought he had a very corny approach with you, and I don't think he uses that approach with Aaron Rodgers. Um, well, that's the thing. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Jim. I just go thought ahead. he was corny. I thought he was trying too hard. Like, he was treating you almost like a, I mean, a rookie, but not a man. Like, like he just yeah. seemed too coddled almost. Like, EJ's well, so young. Yeah. Right. I think, again, that's why it would have been great if we had that vet to come in. I, I don't care who it was. I mean, I think initially it was <clears> Kevin <throat> Cobb. Kevin Cobb, yeah. And that didn't work out. Kev. Right left after the rookie year. I didn't even play that year. Like he got hurt, he got hurt, yeah. IR. So I just felt like, again, that plan just wasn't there for all of us. And Nate all did the good. You know, I'm not going to blame Nate for anything. No, no, I wouldn't blame him. I'm not him. saying you are, yeah. you know what I mean? But that yeah. was if that was his approach, that was his approach. That was his personality. Yeah, you know it was just strange to me. I'm like, But you know, I think Jim, the reason why it could be different is because I'm not Aaron Rodgers. You know what I'm saying? In the sense of gotcha. Aaron Rodgers, when Nate got him, Aaron Rodgers was already a Hall of Fame quarterback when Nate got the OC job. No for doubt. Green Bay, right? No so doubt. No doubt. He, you know, there's a certain way that Aaron <laughs> probably liked to be coached and liked his plays to be presented. I don't know. I'm not in that room. You know, no, I, mean? I hear you. I know. I know. I'm just kind of speaking to why you may have seen the differences. But, you know, Nate and I, I, I remember it was fun, man. I mean, we he was were a good. To I like, out. we like Nate a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah we like fun. Yeah. We, we were trying to figure it out together. I remember we had uh, the Jets the first time and they brought that all out. And Nate had this whole presentation about all out and all this kind of stuff. And we kind of like overthought about it because when we got in the game, they would show it and then not bring it. So I'm like making Lee Smith come in and we're doing seven man protections when we really didn't need to. And right. so again, we all were learning. And the second time we played them while I was hurt, I was spending time with Paul Hackett and we were watching tape on the Jets preparing for that all out again. The second time we played them, we torched them and we won that game. So that. Yeah. Um, those are like cool, fun memories that I have uh, of working with Nate and uh, obviously excited to see how he continues to ascend. And even Jason Vrabel, who was, I think, uh, our assistant at the time. Yep. He brought him. I, I always respect. I like that about Nate, too. Like, I like loyalty. These guys, absolutely. I like loyalty. And any quirky motivational tactics, though, from Nate? <laughs> 
Say again. Any like quirky motivational tactics from you? Yeah, well, Nate likes to dance and you know, he's, he's a fun <laughs> dude. People he, know that though. I, I saw yeah, a Sports, but, yeah. Sports Illustrated uh, article about him and I didn't <laughs> uh, get a chance to read it, but you know, that's his way of, that's his philosophy, yeah. man. So, you know, every coach is different. And um, you know, again, I think he was doing the best that he could. Cause when I got drafted there, you know, he was like, Hey man, we're going, we're going to make this thing happen together. And I, you know, I believed in that. He, he and, did, uh, he did try. He really, yeah, he, tried. he did. He, he tried I think to. He in Todd Downing as well at one point. Um, right. right. To actually be our quarterback coach. Then Todd brought me over to Oakland. So, like I said, I've formed some great relationships with coaches cool. and guys that are still in the league doing well. And I think I would have even developed that same thing with the Chiefs had I played that season that they won the Super Bowl. Um, but like I said, it was after getting cut by the, the Raiders that year before, if they weren't going to guarantee my roster spot, I was like, man, I'm not going to kind of go through preseason and then subsequently maybe make the team, maybe not. But what's funny, Chad Henney had broke his ankle in that preseason. They called me back in August, but I was already working with the network, with ACC Network. So I told, you know, Coach Reed respectfully, like, I appreciate it. But he was basically like, hey, we want you to come back. And so that actually gave me the closure I needed on my career, honestly, guys, because I knew a team that won the Super Bowl wanted me to come back and be the backup to Pat. And uh, yeah, it wasn't about me not playing or being good enough. That moment when they called me back kind of gave me that closure. I was like, nah, I can move forward in this next career. That's incredible. So you're at peace, I mean, with everything. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Don't get me wrong, I still have a competitive nature and I watch the games because these are my friends that are playing. Um, but when I watch, you know, I don't want to play anymore. You know what I mean? It's, I'm, I'm good and you know, I'm happy. And like you said, I'm at peace. My family's good. I'm set uh, building a family myself now. And so uh, it's good, things are good. That's awesome. I know you got to get out of here, but like, your family's good. Like what's life like for you right now for people who might not know? Yeah, well, life is good now. I live in South Florida, um, working, you know, obviously with ACC Network and ESPN. That role has continued to grow. Um, this is my third season. And uh, yeah, uh, looking to get married next year. Um, and my family's doing great. Um, so yeah, things are good. I, you know, I kind of keep, now that I'm not playing anymore, I like the fact that I can kind of be off the grid. So I like my privacy, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm doing good. And to be honest, I still have a lot of love for the Buffalo Bills. They changed my life. They changed the trajectory of my family uh, and my, my family's life. So I'm awesome. very grateful. Well and I'm grateful for you, Jim, you know what I mean? And uh, for you guys Man. giving me the opportunity. And I know, and we can look, we can talk more. I'm, I'm good. I can extend this next call. Um, but if you guys want to hit on any other points, I'm, I'm all open to talk about it. Cause again, I always wanted this opportunity to talk about it in a fair way too. So it didn't <laughs> seem like I'm making excuses. Cause that's not who I am. Like I know <laughs> what happened. You were always so upfront, even in the moment though. I remember, you know, I was at the Buffalo news, just that 2015 season Rex's first year, which, you know, as a member of the media, that was the dream, right? That, that, that season was batshit crazy. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't know what was going to happen in that locker room. <laughs> Sammy's going to demand the ball 10 times a game and Marcus Easley's going to call you out on a Friday. That was fun. <laughs> but you were, you were always so honest, you know, in some tough moments. I mean, you were like, I mean, I'm not just saying this because we're talking to you here. I mean, one of the nicest players to talk to in For rough sure. moments. Like you, yeah. you handled everything so incredibly well when a lot of guys would blow us off. F you. Like, yeah. I'm not talking to you. Like you, you were always available. You would yep. talk, you, you, you would talk the whole 45 minutes that we're in that locker room. And I just yeah. always respected you for that. You know, we didn't get to know each other as well as I would have liked, but I mean, even yeah. in 
the brief moments. That was it was really appreciative. You know, we, yeah, we all I were. appreciate that. I, and you know what, Tyler and Jim, I'm gonna just hit this before you talk. Um, for me, too. You know what I mean? I still. I, I, again, I look back at my numbers and I compare them to other rookies and I'm like, I didn't play bad. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. for me, there's nothing for me to hang my head about. Now, the decisions that were made that had to do with me, I can't do anything about that. I, you know, I got to a point maturity wise where, okay, let it go. Like there was nothing I could do. If a coach wanted me to play, then I was going to play. And if he didn't mm-hmm. want me to play, I wasn't going to play. It just is what it is. And so um, you know, when I look back on my time in Buffalo, man, I'm proud of it. And yeah, I wanted to win a Super Bowl and take us to the you know the playoffs and do all the things and you know, being the likes of Tom and, and Aaron Rodgers, those kind of guys. And I felt like I had that talent and that ability, but I'm not the only one this has happened to. You know what I mean? No. So who am I to, to sit here and dwell on it and think, oh man, the world's over? No, mm-hmm. it's not. Like I'm happy and you know, I, I'm sure there's a bunch of other quarterbacks that were first round picks that could say the same thing or say similar things. And so yeah, it's all good. But I did seriously learn, though, um, you know, there's two things. One, I learned the power that you have as a starting quarterback in the NFL that I didn't know I had back then. I should have went in the room and told Coach Marone, why the heck are we doing this? Like, I want to play. Or what's the plan? Like, what are we doing? Like, why are we doing this? I didn't ask any questions, Jim, but that was me being a nice guy and just the yes, sir, sir, no, sir. Yep. But really, I should have kind of ruffled the feathers a little you bit. You were trusting. You were trusting. trusting that they were going to have my best, you know, my best, you know, thought at hand. Or whatever you know and then the second thing is just not to take any crap from anybody you know what i mean like not that i got walked over but i think sometimes i was too respectful to a fault you know mm-hmm. and i should have spoke up for myself and so that's how i move now in my life and in business and yeah it's good <laughs> learning lesson. definitely raised me as a man for sure i mean I'm, I'm thinking of london right that couldn't have started any worse that game against the jaguars yeah. You, you came back. Came I mean, back. you guys could have won that game. If they didn't call DPI on Roby. That was a yeah. We win that game. Call. I know. We win that yep. game. Just think yep. about what we've talked about on this. We talked about Chantrell not cutting a guy, right? And I love to Chantrell too. I wasn't trying to throw him under the bus. I you was weren't. Just talking you about what Listen, you don't have to. Either. We drafted it was him. Chantrell. It might have been the uh, offensive lineman. I think he played at Baylor. He had dreads as well. Uh, um, Richardson, he was playing yeah. inside though. Rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I saw him in the AAF that league I was working in too. So, okay, um, <laughs> don't worry about him. And he, he was he got a little heavier too. Um, but think about that. Chantrell makes that cut block, or they don't throw that flag on Roby in London. Yep. Those are wins. Yeah, wins. And, even, and then wins. Jim, even another another. We we get the third down uh, against Atlanta in Toronto. Ooh. Oh, in Toronto, we win that game too. Good so, call. Good call. Uh, it's a lot, man. It's a lot that I look back on. I'm good like, call. Good call. And then even if we catch the third down versus New England in my first start ever, we win that game as well. We iced the game. We, you know, we gave the ball back to Tom Brady. They go and score. They kick a field goal and they beat us by two. So I remember going to your apartment before that your very first start that weekend against. Yep. And I remember walking out of that apartment. My brother was visiting the weekend, and we we went in there and just say what's up. Meeks was in there. Yeah, I believe Duke Williams might have been in there too. Yeah, like just guys. hanging out, great dudes. Yeah. And I remember walking into back to my apartment with my brother, and I'm like, man, I feel like we are in a college dorm right now and getting ready to play Tom Brady, who is like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, I'm like, this just is crazy to me how this is going down right now. And we yeah. almost, we almost won. Almost pulled it off, man. Mm-hmm. Almost pulled it off. And you know, another thing too, when I got to Oakland, I think that's where I started seeing how a young quarterback should be raised. And I talk about Derek Carr 
and how they managed him. And I think he had Matt Schaub as his as his no starter slash backup that he no was doubt. able to learn from. And I think DC took over as a rookie, but at least he had that infrastructure and things were built around him. <laughs> and they just kind of went with whatever Derek wanted to do. So if Derek said, we're going to do this, that's what we did. You know what I mean? And that's, again, why I learned. Yeah. And Derek was in his third year when I got there, I think. Yeah. yeah. Say third, what? Third he, year seems, he just got paid. He doesn't seem so, – they don't seem too unhappy that, that Gruden's out of there. I'll tell you that. Yeah, the way but I mean, playing. I just I – just No, I'm just saying, though, yeah, yeah. I just say that because teams – Yes. You really build when you really have a plan. Are, yeah, you have a plan. They had a plan, a plan for DC. They had a plan for Patrick Mahomes. He didn't start his whole rookie year to the last game of the season. The rest is history. <clears> like he, Pat, he had, Pat had a chance to learn from Alex Smith. Um, I just know that if I, I believe mm. if I had that opportunity too, man, to to at least learn. And then also, I didn't start the season fully healthy. I had that meniscus injury. Crazy. Week in the preseason. Crazy. Rush back. And I don't think I got healthy until like week nine. And then I took my other meniscus and my other leg. Yeah, so two in your two knees. I, I had two, yeah. So there's a lot that goes on, man. And, you know, I just appreciate the platform now to talk well, about this. I remember talking to Doug, Doug Whaley. You know what? So I, when I launched Go Long, <laughs> it was with um, a big series talking to Jim and Doug about yeah. how close, you know, the Bills were to getting Patrick Mahomes and, you know, the quarterback dominoes that kind of fell up to yeah. that draft. And, and Whaley was telling me how if you didn't, tear your meniscus was against cleveland your rookie year yep yeah uh, he, he really thursday night yep. thursday, thursday night, night football, football. that's yep. right i was in green we beating, bay hey, we were beating them too we were beating them yeah. too i got hurt and then yeah they came mm -hmm. back and beat us yep. yeah i mean just to throw another what if there what if, what if in there he, he views that as the biggest one that, he like, brings that up all the you know, time physically i mean obviously it changes things but he, he thought mentally that might have affected you in a way too like that well, you he, you, know that you were really turning a corner up yeah up, to that game as a, a, as a young way. quarterback. I was turning up, yeah, in a positive way, but right. you know what it changed? Um, I remember when I hurt my knee, <laughs> I'll never forget this. Uh, and one of the coaches, I ain't gonna say his name, but he was like, uh, why didn't you get out of bounds? Or I'm like, what you mean? Like, I'm playing football. Like, I'm trying to get us the first down. You know what I mean? Like, almost like I got hurt was my fault type deal. Right. And so I just was like, man, this is wild. So again, going back to like that. The that support, the support. Like, yeah, just like, what you mean? I just tore my LCL and you're asking yeah. why and I go out of bounds. Like, cause I was playing football. I was trying to, you know, get extra yards. And so, yeah, man, it's all good. It's all good. And to be honest, I, I don't have any regrets. I, I do wish <clears> it worked out just so I could have more, you know, whatever in my house, whatever, <laughs> more jerseys of friends and stuff that I played longer, but uh, I'm, I'm happy, man. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I do know that now I can, you know, give back to some of these young quarterbacks that I come across too. Um, I can kind of share a little bit of good and bad with them and just kind of make sure they understand this is a business, man. It ain't, yeah. it ain't sweet. You know, everybody was so high on Trevor Lawrence. You know, they just won one game. You know what I mean? But <laughs> right, right. He's a great player, but he's a rookie. It happens. Zach Wilson, he's a rookie. It happens. To me, Mac Jones is playing excellent football, and I thought he was going to be the best one and most pro-ready anyways. Um, but, yeah, man, people just forget rookie rookies have to learn. And even going to Justin Fields, I felt like the best thing for him was to learn from somebody. They obviously pulled the trigger and have him starting. So he's, he's going to have to I was just going to say, that's the one guy you probably could benefit calling. Yeah. I mean, but it's it's a part of it. It's like part of it. The world, the city's now on his on his shoulders. Right. So everybody's expecting him to be Tom Brady, and Tom's played for twenty something years. Like <laughs> you can't compare. Like it's not that's not apples not to apples. Yeah, he not might get there, but he's a rookie. So yeah.
what's the best way to handle a, a rookie quarterback then from your experience, if you're running one of these teams, like, like what is the perfect scenario, the perfect, perfect way scenario. to bring a guy along if you draft yep. him in the first round? So I, if I'm a GM uh, or a decision maker, like Jim said, begin to the beginning of this pod, what's the plan? All right. That's so important. what are your goals? And here are our expectations as a team. I like this that. That's to get you <clears throat> year one, year two, year mm-hmm. three, year four. What's your off season plan? Where are you going to be living? What support staff do we need to have? Do we need to get you a, a trainer? Do we need to get you a, a meal prepper, a, you know, a cook, like all mm-hmm. this stuff. I'm making mm-hmm. everything easy for my first round quarterback so he can just play football. And so a lot of us don't have that because we don't know, you know what I mean? We come from, I ain't have any money. So like I'm learning all this stuff on the fly. My family, you know, we live, you know, middle-class. And so a lot of that stuff, I don't even think I, I couldn't, I didn't think I could afford it, but I could have, you know what I mean? It would have been an investment for my career. So I'm just making a plan for him first. And then as far as football, if he's able to play like a Mac Jones, yeah, he can play. You know what I mean? If he can handle the ups and the downs and um, he can handle the mental part of the game, then let him play. But if not, if he's not ready, that's okay. And if he plays in his second or third year, that's okay too. Watch, Jordan. everybody talking about Jordan Love. Jordan Love is probably going to benefit the most from playing behind Aaron Rodgers for two seasons. Like I'm telling you, and I'm not saying he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's going to be much better as a guy that sat behind him for two years versus playing his first year. Well, I also think EJ, I've been paying attention to a lot of these rookies that are dealing with rookie head coaches yep. who are unproven that you dealt with where Doug Marone was a rookie head coach. Dang, yeah. Trevor Lawrence is dealing with urban Meyer. That's a rookie head coach. I don't care what he did in college. NFL's different. Yep. You know, Justin Fields is dealing with a coach who, who couldn't get Trubisky, you know, the best out of Trubisky, you know, he already failed with a rookie. And then you go to Mac Jones. Who's he with? Bill Belichick. And the yep. offensive coordinator who's been waiting to be a, the next head coach. So, I mean, there's a reason why Mac Jones – yes, yeah. that's part of it too. It's not – it shouldn't all be on the player. No. What's the support system in place? Yeah, that, that would be my biggest thing, Jim, is what's the yep. plan and what's what the do plan? we have to support this guy? Agreed. Where's our money allocated to? Do we have a really good offensive line, a veteran O-line? Agreed. Uh, we, we had a really great center and who's still a very close friend of Eric Wood. Yeah. Um, but get other pieces around <clears throat> Wood to make E. Yep. Wood's job even easier, you know? Yep. Um, that that's kind of, and, and that's a perfect scenario. Every scenario is different. Um, but whether you play him early and then also if you do decide to play him, give him four years to figure it out. Man. Even <laughs> don't just yank that. Yeah. yeah. Don't yank him after a year. And you can't quarter. feel that pressure every game. Yeah, like, play. am I like, coming out? Right. Yeah. It's, it's a reason why you take us that early and people mm-hmm. say what they want, but I was a good player. And so I was going to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I just felt like I just needed time. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like the rookies that are able to, and even Ryan Tannehill, he's had up and downs in his career, but he no figured doubt. it. Now he's no a, you know, one of the top in the league. He's at Tennessee doing his thing. Great um, there's so many other guys that I could use as examples um, that whether they had the support, things worked out. And if they didn't have the support, their careers kind of got cut short. So, yeah. Well said. Awesome. DJ, <laughs> this was, this was, was good for everyone. It was you guys good for me, I work man. on TV, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that you've always been this way, though. You have. You always have. So it was, it's just been good to catch up, man, and really yeah, air absolutely. all this out. I feel like we needed to talk about this a little bit. Yeah, so. definitely, definitely. And if we can talk more off, you know, off the pod, and if you guys yeah. are down to South Florida, give me a ring, man. Be, That's be good definite. Guys. 
Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, we don't want to cut you. If there's anything else you got to get off your chest. You know, nah, man. Nah, it has to do with chicken wings smart. or anything in Buffalo. You know, let <laughs> I got a Zoom at two, so this was actually good. Perfect, but perfect, yeah, everything perfect. else is, uh, again, I appreciate y'all. And if y'all ever need me to come back on at some point to talk about cool. the Bills or whatever, I'm That'd here be for great. Dude, yeah, you're, so go Bills hey, and, anytime, open invite, man. I think the yeah. Bills fans love hearing yeah. from you. This will be good. Yeah. This is going to be good. Yeah. You know, there you you do have a lot of fans here still. I'm yeah, not nah, you know, looking at social media, but you really do. Yeah, even when I live, when I move around out here, man, there's Bills fans that live all over the, the country. And so um, people still show love. And that means a lot, you know, to all Bills Mafia fans. I'm not saying that to be cliche or that, that truly does for me. Again, about that therapy, when you have people that still support you of the of the fan base of the team that you got drafted to, that means a ton. So thank you all and all the listeners out there, you know, much yeah. love. And hopefully, you know, the Bills go out there and get that Lombardi trophy this year. I think they can do it. Fantastic. Well, EJ Manuel, thank you so much for joining us. ACC Network, ESPN, at EJ Manuel 3. Find them anywhere, everywhere. You're a pro, man. You, you've joined the dark side, so there's no turning back now. <laughs> yes, I, yeah. Great to have you. <laughs> yep, likewise. All right, guys. Y'all take care. Right. Thanks you so too, much, EJ. EJ. All right, guys. We'll see you.